ask you a quick question. How many of you have ever played the game, Would You Rather? Would You Rather? Okay, a few of you. Okay, most of us have. Most of us have played that. Maybe we played it with our kids. Maybe we played it, you know, as a kid. Maybe you and your spouse play it. I don't know, you know, but like we just, you play the game, Would You Rather? I've got a series of questions of Would You Rather, okay? So this is crowd participation, all right? We participate here, so don't be one of those sticks in the mud, like participate, okay? All right, how about this? How, would you rather have unlimited Starbucks or unlimited Chick-fil-A? How many unlimited Starbucks? Starbucks, okay. All right. There are no, th- there are no three options. This is, this is the game. This is how it goes, Tim. All right. How many would rather have Chick-fil-A? Unlimited Chick-fil-A. All right, all right. A little Christian chicken in the house, eh? <laughs> Taking over. Hey, don't you hate it when pastors talk about Chick-fil-A on Sunday? you can't have it you can't get it i thought about showing a picture of a biscuit up there this morning but that would be mean and i would have to repent before you okay all right so um how about this how many of you would rather listen to electronic dance music for an hour or 10 hours of banjo music electronic dance music who's in all right 10 hours of banjo music. <laughs> Some, okay. Some people threw up two hands. All right. <laughs> like, please. None of that. Okay. All right. One more. One more. How many of you would rather have a cold for a week or hear nails down a chalkboard? How many of you would rather have the cold for the week? All right. Okay. I see. How many of you would rather just go with the nails down the chalkboard? All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. That could be fun. We can do some things like, like that. But you see, this game, Would You Rather, is a game about maximizing pleasure or minimizing pain. It's either, we're either, in our choices, we're either going to choose to maximize pleasure or we're going to choose to, to minimize pain. And most of us, if we're being honest, if we take a hard look at our lives, maybe it won't be too hard for some of us, but most of us, are playing this game most days in our life. We're making these choices. We're asking ourselves when, when we choose things, which will, will this give me the most pleasure or will I minimize the most pain here? Which one of these choices will do this for me? Will I maximize time? Will I maximize, uh, will it be min, uh, minimal effort? Will, can I maximize energy? Will I uh, give away minimal stuff? Will this make me happy or will this take something from me? I think we're really bad at determining um, what will ultimately make us happy in our lives. And, and, and I think all of us have made these mistakes before, haven't we? Where we uh, have chosen something where we thought, you know what? This right here will ultimately make me happy. And then few days, maybe a few hours, maybe a few years, we look back and we say, no, bad decision, bad choice. That ultimately did not make me happy. That purchase didn't make me happy. That relationship didn't make make me happy. This choice, this decision that I made, it didn't make me happy. And so I think if we're all honest with ourselves and we look at our lives, we can look at our lives and say, you know what, I don't, maybe I'm not very good at, at knowing what will ultimately make me happy. 
Sometimes we end up going back to the same destructive behaviors over and over and over again. And so we look at our lives and we think, you know, I want my life to be better than it is. I want my life, I, 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 I want to maximize pleasure while at the same time minimizing pain in my life. This is, this is what I ultimately want from my life. Uh, and I think we all want that, don't we? We all want the maximum amount of pleasure that we can gain in our lives while minimizing the most pain in our lives. I think we all really want that. But I believe, and if I understand the scriptures correctly, I believe that God has a better path for us to a better life. I believe that, that God has laid out for us within the scriptures if we look at it. And, and it's not really hard to find. In fact, we're going we're gonna to kind of lay this out today as we kind of talk about the anatomy of a blessing. The anatomy of a blessing and what a blessed life is. And God has this better path to a blessed life. It's opposite, though, of what our culture tells us. The path that God lays out for us is going to be opposite of what our culture tells us. Because what our culture tells us is the path to a blessed life is to get more, to maximize pleasure at all costs, do better, always upgrade. That's the message of culture that says, if you do these things, if you surround your life in these things, this is what will give you a blessed life. But the Bible says that happiness is found, listen, listen, the Bible says that happiness is found in giving and not gaining. Because when we give, we gain. When we give, we gain. And so, here, here's the deal. Now, I want, I want you to understand this. I, I don't want you to think of this series uh, completely just limited to uh, money and finances because it's not. It's so much more than that. Being blessed has so much more to do with, uh, or so much more to do than, than just finances. Let's not uh, take what God wants to bless us with and narrow it down to the simplest things like money. Having a blessed life is more than having a lot of money or having uh, everything that we want or need paid for. It's so much more than that. It can be relational. It can be physical. It can be knowledge. It can be joy. God blesses us in those areas. And so let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. You can follow along on the screen back here behind me, or you can look in your Bible that you have with you there. Acts 20, 35 says this, and this will be our key verse for this series. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this, we may, uh, in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, how many of us have heard that before? More blessed to give than to, than to receive. How many of you uh, get told this every Christmas? <laughs> right? <laughs> Hey, listen, it's better to give to than to receive. Don't worry about what your grandmother gave you. It's okay. You will just, all right. So like, like I mean, like we, we hear this. Maybe you've seen it on a coffee cup. Maybe you saw it on somebody's wall in their house. Maybe you didn't even know that that came from Jesus. But it does. Jesus himself said it is more blessed for us to give than it is to receive. And so the Bible, you see, the Bible is really cool. The Bible has a lot of great things in here. If we would just read it and do what it says, 
The answers are right here in front of us. Rather, I think, let me ask you this. One more would you rather. I just thought of this. Would you rather have the life that you have now or a blessed life? How many of us would say we would rather have the blessed life? A blessed life. And maybe you think, you know what, I've got a pretty good life now. Life is okay now. It's not that bad. Like, I'm really enjoying where I'm at now. And that's okay. I'm so happy for you. That's good. Others of you are on the opposite end of the spectrum. You're like, you know what, life kind of stinks right now. I would really love to have a blessed life right now. I would like to have a life that is better than the life that I'm currently in right now. And listen, here's the deal. Regardless of where you are, regardless of which end of the spectrum that you're on right now, I believe that God has more for you. I believe that God has a blessing, so to speak, for all of us. And so Jesus is laying out a path that is different from the one that you may be on if you're willing to embrace what he says. Giving, not getting, is the path to a blessed life. Giving, not getting, is the path to a blessed life. And so two principles to living this out. Getting on the path to the blessed life means we will, number one, live generously toward others. That we will live generously toward others. Um, in 2010, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, who happen to be the two most wealthiest men in the world, they are worth billions, that's with a B, billions. In fact, Warren Buffett's uh, last estimate was that he was worth about $46 billion. $46 billion. My son, the other day, uh, we were having a, a conversation, and he said, he said, Daddy, how much is a million? And I told him, you know, it's this many. And he, he said, how much is a billion? And I said, well, it's add another zero to that. It's, you know, this many. He said, what comes after a billion? I said, a trillion. And he goes, what comes after a trillion? I said, a whole lot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he go, and, and then he said this. He said, he said uh, what would you do if I had a billion dollars? I said, I would be your best friend. You want to give me some of that? Oh, you had that conversation. But listen, Warren Buffett is worth $46 billion. Bill Gates is just a little bit less than that. He's broke compared to Warren Buffett, though, right? And so, like, I mean, he's, like, billions of dollars. Like, I can't even imagine how much money that is. Well, in 2010, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates got together, and they said, you know what, we have more money than we will ever be able to spend. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, you, it's more money than we'll ever be able to spend, more money than we'll ever be able to do anything with. And so they came up with this thing called uh, the giving campaign. The giving campaign. And uh, this is what they did with that. They said, we will make a pledge to give away at least 50% of our wealth before we die. And Warren Buffett has said that he will give away 99% of his wealth before he dies to uh, philanthropy and, and different causes and, and campaigns. And so this uh, sort of got out and word began to get around to all of these other billionaires around the world. And so right now there is 86 billionaires who have said that they will be in on the giving campaign. And so if you know any billionaires, write them a letter. You might just get some. I'm not, but like, seriously. And so they're just going to give it away. They're just going to give it away. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, who is the founder and CEO, creator of, of Facebook, right? Mark Zuckerberg, he has pledged in this giving campaign. He is giving away as much of his wealth as he can possibly give away. And so even people who 
are not believers, understand this principle, that it is better to give than it is to receive. And listen, I know what you're thinking, because I think it too. But they got billions of dollars, like they can give it away. Well, we're going to see that it doesn't matter how much is in the bag. Let's look at this real quick. Uh, Proverbs 11 Verses 24 and 25, listen to what it says. It says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Now, I love uh, the ESV translation, but I actually like other translations of this a little bit better because it says that one who refreshes will himself be refreshed. And I, I, I like the way that is, uh, the way that that sounds a, a, a little better, because what it says is it says that the one who gives, the one who blesses, will also be blessed. The one who refreshes will also be refreshed. And so God blesses generosity. We are uh, imaging him, Jesus, in our generosity. And so when we are generous, we are painting a picture of of our generous God, because God was first generous to us. When we are generous, we paint a picture of the generosity of God himself. Um, I've seen this in my own life, uh, where I have been refreshed, where I've tried to refresh others. Uh, For me, Mondays, like I don't know about you, but Mondays are Mondays, right? You know, you always got a case of the Mondays on Mondays, right? You know, it's like Mondays are tough sometimes. Let's just be honest. Mondays can be tough sometimes. And so for me, uh, Mondays are just tough sometimes. And so I, I, I made this uh, rule for myself not too long ago that I'm not going to have any meetings on Monday because those meetings are going to go really bad, especially if it's counseling because somebody's going to get called stupid and it's not going to be good. And so like it, it's just Mondays are bad. Like we don't, I don't, I try not to do Monday meetings. And so because Mondays can be rough. Mondays can be Hard. And so one of the things I thought hard about on Mondays for me was, man, what can I do on, on, on a Monday that will just make Monday a little bit better? And I, and I thought about this. I, it's something that I've told you guys a million times before, but if this is the first time you heard it, write it down. Gratitude changes attitude. Gratitude changes attitude. And so on Monday mornings, one of the first things that I do on Mondays is I pick up the phone and I typically call uh, a friend of mine, uh, you know, other pastors that, uh, that we're in partnership with, and, and I just call them and, and Try to be gracious toward them. Encourage them. Ask them how their Sunday was. Ask them how their past week was. You know, catch up with them over the last several weeks. And ask them, you know, a simple question of, hey, how can I pray for you today? And then not expect them to give me anything back. Because I want to refresh them. And as I refresh them, I always walk away from that more refreshed. I always walk away from that more refreshed. And so giving, not getting is refreshing. It's living generously toward others. We get refreshed when we refresh others. When we become a giver, listen, we become an investor. When we become a giver, we become an investor, not a taker. And so how can you be an investor this week? This coming week, how can you invest in something this week? Maybe it is financial. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's with time. Maybe it's with a resource. Maybe it's in in some other way by being gracious, by showing gratitude towards somebody else. But how can you be an investor this week? Because living generously toward others 
will help put you on the life, the blessed life. Number two is this. Getting on the path to the blessed life means we will live faithfully towards God. Live faithfully towards God. Um, I remember uh, when I was uh, in, well, I was, I was a single guy. Before I uh, met Denaro and got married, I was living in this apartment, and I had some neighbors below me who were, honestly, they were just kind of annoying. And I know that we talked about loving your neighbor last week. Uh, that was for me. And so, uh, but they, I remember they came up to my apartment one day, knocked on the door. I really hadn't talked to them a whole lot at that point, but they came up and knocked on my door and opened the door and uh, standing there. And the guy's like, hey, I've got some family coming in. They've got, you know, some kids and we don't really have anything for the kids to do. And so they really love playing video games. Uh, would, could we borrow your PlayStation? Excuse me? You know, it's like, What? Like, you know, I mean, those things are expensive. They ain't cheap, right? You know, and I don't even know this guy. And he's like, hey, can we borrow your PlayStation? And I was like, I, I looked at him, no, no kidding. I was like, nah, I don't think so. That wasn't a bad idea. You know, like, you know, so they went away. And I shut the door. And then God would not leave me alone <laughs> all day. You need to give, you know, it was just like he was poking me in the head. You've ever been flipped in the back of the head, you know, kind of like that? That's kind of how I felt God was doing with me that day. And so I, I remember walking back down and, taking my PlayStation in. It was actually in a laundry basket, and I just took it back down to, to them and, you know, gave it to them. And, and listen, I, I did it begrudgingly, okay? I'm just going to be honest. Like, they tried to take it, and I didn't want to give it, you know? And so, but I, I, I gave it to them. And listen, I, I don't tell you that story just to give you some kind of pastor story and be like, hey, look at what I did. I, I tell you that story because, because God taught me a valuable lesson about stuff. And it was simple. That stuff is not my stuff. It's not mine. Even if I work for it, I pay for it out of money that I've earned, like it's still not mine. It's a blessing from God. It's something that God has blessed me with. The Bible gives us several ways that, that we can relate to stuff and, and having more. And I, I, I call this, I actually heard somebody else talk about this, and they called it the bag and the basket mindset. The bag and the basket mindset. The bag mindset says that we don't have enough because the bag is small. Like if you've got a bag mindset, then in, in your mind, it, you, what you have can fit inside of a little tiny bag. And some of your bags you feel like has holes in it. Like it's a small bag and the small bag has holes in it, so every time something gets put in it, it just goes away. Like it just stays empty all the time. And so the bag mindset says there is never enough. The bag is always too small. There's something always lacking. My wife blew me up on this not too long ago. Wives are good like that, aren't they, husband? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, she blew me up on this not too long ago. She, um, she kind of got on to me about contentment. Uh, because I was I was complaining. I, honestly, I was complaining about about something in our house. Like we have in our house, our house is kind of it kind of backs up toward the river, and there's a lot of trees and some woods, and you know, like so the, in the fall, the leaves fall all the time. So you're always out there raking up leaves, blowing leaves. It's like every day, you know, our neighbors have trees, and so their leaves blow into my yard. And I got you know, I'm like a grumpy old man when it comes to that stuff. And so I'm like just all the time, right? But not only that, we have snakes at our house. Because there's woods outside. We have snakes at our house. Like, you know, duh, right? But we have some bushes around our house. And like, listen, every summer we see uh, like a black snake or something outside of our house. I know a black snake's harmless, but listen, y'all, I hate snakes. I hate them. Can't stand them. Even if they're alive. I don't, I, you know, the, but they eat rodents. I don't care. I don't like them. 
And so I see this snake every single summer. And every time I see that snake, here's what goes into my mind. We're moving. <laughs> we're moving. Like, I'm, I, we're, we are out of here. Like, and, and then I start complaining. I don't like this bush, and I don't like these trees. And, I don't, and, like, and it's beautiful out there. And so my wife finally blew me up one day. She said, you know what? You need to be content. I'm like, you know what you need to do? <laughs> Nothing. Because you just blew me up. <clears throat> She's like, you need to be content with what we have. Because we've been blessed. I'm like, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I said it about that loud too, I think. But listen, I, I was more concerned with what was not in the bag versus putting my faith in the one who puts the blessing in the bag. I was more concerned about what was what I felt like was not in the bag. And so when our faith is in the one who puts the blessing in the bag, listen, it doesn't matter how big the bag is. It will always be full. It will always be full. Haggai, and you're like, is that even in the Bible? It is. Uh, it's in the Old Testament. But Haggai 1, 6 says this. Actually, 1 and 5. It says, now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. And so God says, hey, think about this for a second. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. Now, let's stop right there. Does anybody feel that sometimes? Like, you just never have enough. The bag is never big enough. There's never the right thing in the bag. Like, like we're just never content. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Do you ever feel that? Like, I don't know if you all ever feel that, but I, I, I feel that sometimes. It kind of reminds me of Judas, the uh, disciple that was with Jesus. He was always concerned about what was not in the bag. In fact, he was consumed by what was not in the bag. In fact, he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And so we can be so concerned with what's not in the bag instead of the one that provides the blessing in the bag. One perspective is that uh, there will never be enough of it, like, like you're putting it in pockets with holes. But to have a blessed life, we want to live faithfully towards God. That, mount, that means listening to his voice, doing what he says. And when God says that you paint a picture of generosity by being generous, that it's better to give than it is to receive, and we do those things, then we begin to live faithfully towards God. Luke 6.38 says this. Jesus says it this way. He says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. I learned a really cool trick. Um, actually, my wife taught me this trick. I wish I had known this trick when I was younger because it would have been so much better. I'm about to give you all something practical here. This will be the only thing that you take away from Sunday. You'll be like, I learned something at church today. What would you learn? Well, you know what? If you take a Coke and you go to the fountain and you put the Coke underneath the thing, right, and you begin to fill it up and it fizzes up and it starts to run over, you're like, oh, no, it's going to spill over, right? You know what you can do? Like sometimes y'all take, you, you will take that Coke and you'll just put the lid on real quick and be like, okay, you know, and you walk away. And you take a drink of your Coke a little later, you get in the car, right, and you now you've got like this much Coke. You're like, yeah, but I filled it up to the top. You've got like this much Coke. You know, if you, if you just take your finger and stick your finger down into the fizz, it goes away. 
and then you can fill it up to the top and then put the lid on it. Now you've got a full Coke. See, y'all didn't know that, did you? Some of y'all knew that, but maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But like, I was sheltered as a child. And, and so, like, like, I mean, listen, this is, what, this is what he is saying here. He's saying, he's saying the basket, when you shake it, it like, looks like it's full, but you shake it and you kind of press it down and you, and, and, and you get it to level out a little bit. And then when you do that, then it gets more full. Then it gets more full. There's more to put in there. This is a basket mindset. But there is more that can be in there. God says, as you're generous, my generosity towards you will be maximized. And so when we are generous, his generosity toward us is maximized toward us. Not that you'll become rich money-wise all the time. Don't, don't miss hear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that, that God's going to bless you financially all the time. Sometimes he will, but not all the time. But that God will transform. Listen, he will transform your perspective when it comes to blessing and generosity. The blessed life can come in a lot of different ways. Contentment is a crazy thing. There will always be people who have less but have more because they are content with what they have versus the person who has everything and is never content. Most of us are probably this way. We are uh, the most financially blessed nation in the world. Most of the world, I don't know if you know this or not, but most of the world lives on less than $2 a day. We spend $2 driving down the road, don't we? Like we just throw it out the window most of the time. Like most of the world lives on less than $2 a day. Um, I was on a, a Navajo Indian reservation doing some mission work, and I'll never forget... Uh, as I'm out, we're playing with some kids, and I, we just got, gathered them all around. They were like, hey, what, what do you want to play? And they're like, we want to play soccer. I was like, okay, great. Let's, you, got, you have a ball. And they were like, yeah, we have a ball. And so they went, and they got a ball. They brought this soccer ball out there, and I'm not kidding. This soccer ball had no air in it, zero air. But you know what? They kicked that ball around like it was full of air, and they never complained about it. Never complained about it. I was in Mexico at one point doing uh, mission work in Mexico, and I'm standing in a room that had a family of 12 in it. This room had no heat. The only heat that it had was a fireplace that they built. The floor is dirt. There's no rooms. There's no bedrooms. There's nothing like that. It's just a, a room. This is where this family lived. And then this family, along with several other families, they had this little church in, in Mexico. And at the end of the week, we had a group of about 30 students down there in Mexico. And at the end of that week, they got together and they gave us a meal. And this meal, like, was, it was extravagant for them. And they had, I mean, all kinds of, of, of great just, you know, Mexican dishes, you know, the rice and the beans and tacos and, I mean, all kinds of great stuff. And they had some meat. And here's the thing, with the meat... They saved, this is what they told us, they saved all year long just to have that meat to provide for us. All year long to be able to do that for us. And we go to Taco Bell, right, like every day, you know, and like it's nothing. Maybe you don't go to Taco Bell, but I go to Taco Bell, and I like it. But, but isn't that crazy? Like just the change in perspective, the bag mindset versus the basket mindset. They knew it was more blessed to give than to receive. And I really do believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Luke 16.10 says this, One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. 
If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you true riches? There's, uh, we started a, uh, back in January, we started this campaign called the 90-Day Tithe Challenge. And Jonathan talked about the tithe and what the tithe is, but the 90-Day Tithe Challenge, we made a simple challenge to you. For those of you who aren't giving at all and you want to find a place to start, we said, hey, start with $5, $10, $15 a week. Start there. Start somewhere. But start, start somewhere. Maybe some of you want to start at a full 10%, but start somewhere. And so we said, hey, take this card, this 90-day tithe challenge, sign up for it, and we'll send you resources and emails and encouragement and prayer and all this stuff for the next 90 days because we want you to see how God really wants something for you more than he wants something from you and how blessed you'll be when you begin to do so. And for those of you who are wondering, hey, can I get in on that? You can. Just stop by Ridge Central on your way out here and grab a 90-day Tide Challenge card. But I sent an email out not too long after we started, and I said, hey, what's something that, a story, like what has God been doing? And I got this email back from someone, and she said this. She said, so I was a little worried about starting this 90-day challenge, but I felt like I'm getting to know God more as I struggle with knowing him. He has shown up ever since I, ever since I said I would do this challenge. I'm still struggling a little financially, but God has provided every need. When I didn't have enough for gas, I got $20 in my Bible from a friend. That was God showing up. When I started to fret about bills, my husband and I received a card and a $300 check in the mail. The first thing I said to him was, babe, God shows up. He is faithful even when we aren't. Did you catch that? I'm doubting God less and less, and I'm starting to believe that he still shows up. He is still faithful Continue to pray for faith for me. It's a struggle every day, but my God is faithful, and that's how I'm starting to know him. It's good, isn't it? This is the blessed life. Giving, not getting, is the path to a blessed life, even though culture says the opposite of that. So as we close today, let me ask you, where can you give today? Where can you give today? Not just financially, but, but where... Where can you invest? Where can you be an investor today? Where can you put something in? Maybe it's more of your time. Maybe it's your resources. Maybe it's to someone in need. Maybe uh, someone you've been ignoring for a, a, a time. Maybe you need to invest in them. Maybe it's time that you spend a little more time investing in your kids at home. Maybe a little more time investing in your spouse. Maybe it's giving of your time your, and your talent as you serve. You know, Darren mentioned to you that there's a need for people to serve in, in kids' ministry. There is a need in there. Listen, y'all, we're going to three services. We need more people to invest their time and their talent so that people who are far from God will be awakened to life in Christ. You were far from God once and somebody invested in you, didn't they? So where can you be an investor? Is there a place in your life that you've had the bag mindset? That there's never enough? That maybe it's time to, to repent of that and to be content with the blessings that God has already given you? See, God himself is the best picture of generosity. In John 3.16, it says that for God so loved the world that he what? They gave. He gave. 
And he didn't just give something that was laying around either, did he? He gave his son, his only son, his son. I don't know if you've ever given your child away to death. I don't think any of us have. But God did. To show the ultimate picture of generosity toward us. So that we might have salvation. God subjected his son to humanity, torture, and humiliation made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might have the righteousness of God. So do you have a small bag mindset with your life? Jesus gave his life for us. So maybe your first step in generosity today is to give your life to him. So where is it that you're being challenged to put God first? As we pray I'd just like to encourage you to respond. When you respond how God is leading you to respond, we're going to sing a song in a few minutes. We're going to sing about how blessed we are and just the, the blessed name of God himself. But before we do that,